Kia ora te welcome into our Ongoing Edge Lockdown podcast, exploring holiness with a W, and in the next few episodes of the podcast, as we continue to be in this kind of situation where we can't meet together, we're going to be focusing in on our interconnectedness, our relationships with each other, and this is central to what it is to be human and whole. We've spoken throughout this series about the idea that to be human is to be in the image of the divine, and that this can be understood as whole and healthy relationship with God with self, with creation, and of course, with each other, with others, with our neighbor. And so I can't just talk about my wholeness or my holiness. We need to talk about us. And there's obviously a lot going on right now in our country, in the world. We're seeing a lot of tension, a lot of conflict, a lot of differences of opinion that have real practical implications for the way we do life together in community. And then... In the midst of all of that, this week in Aotearoa, there are two historical moments that remind us of just how long-lasting this human endeavor to find health community and navigate relationships has been going on for, how long we've been wrestling with conflict, how long we've been wrestling with difference. One of those is Guy Fawkes, and uh, whatever your view on whether we should have it or not, or whether fireworks in the backyard is good or not, the festival itself stems actually from an ancestor of mine who was involved. His name was Guy Fawkes, according to our family tree. And Guy Fawkes was a Catholic who was involved in a gunpowder plot to blow up the King of England because he was a Protestant religious conflict. That's the context of Guy Fawkes. People from different streams, not of different religions, but actually of the same religion, but just of different streams of that religion, fighting and killing over the way that they think things should be. And then when the plot failed and Guy Fawkes was discovered with all his gunpowder, the Protestants then, over the following coming years, would build bonfires and burn effigies of Guy Fawkes, and then over time of the Pope and other Catholic figures, continuing to fan the flames, literally, I guess, of religious animosity, of fear of difference, of an inability to see past our differences to find some kind of common humanity. And then this week, uh, closer to home, perhaps we also had the anniversary of, of Parihaka, and this is a tragic story in the past of Aotearoa in the 19th century, a peaceful community of Māori at Parihaka in Taranaki, who had been involved in non-violent resistance and protest at the injustices being done to Māori by the incoming settler population. And then we see the violent response of the British forces who came into this village, and even though they were greeted by children and with song, proceeded to enact awful violence upon the people who lived there and burning the village to the ground, imprisoning many of the men, committing all of these heinous atrocities against the women. Right? Violent men who were greedy for land and for getting their own way and who were willing to trample over peaceful people who were different to them so that they could get what they wanted. We humans have a few issues and there's conflict in our past and there's conflict in our present. And, and of course, many of us you know, aren't just having to think about that extreme end of awful violence and that kind of human conflict and difference that we see in those kind of, you know, really full-on examples. Many of us are also just having to work out how to navigate the smaller differences we have between each other in our day-to-day -day lives. We, we post things on social media and find that it fires people up in ways we didn't expect. Or we sit around a family gathering and someone mentions politics and then the cracks of division appear. Or we simply try and figure out how do I actually just do community well with the people around me, with my family or with people I work with. How do I navigate this world of tension and difference? How do I relate to those who aren't like me? How do I react when people misjudge me or don't like what they see? And how do I treat others in those same ways? So uh, we think our faith relates to all of this. It should shape, actually. Our Christian faith should shape our ways of relating and responding to each other. 
by embedding a sense of values and, and ethics, you could say virtues, that sit underneath uh, our, our way of relating to people and to ourselves and to the world around us. It can be a, our faith can be a profound resource in navigating these complex and interconnected lives and uh, can be the grounds, I think, of real kindness, of real empathy for one another, for ourselves, to find our humanity and to see that and not, not to turn each other into monsters or enemies. So today, to ground this conversation in some really practical and relatable ways, I'm talking with an amazing member of our Edge Fano, Kerry Manders, who has worked with people for many years now, helping them navigate through the complexities of life in a particular context, and I know you'll enjoy hearing what she has to say. Hi, Kerry. Hello. So Kerry's going to help me um, help me talk through some of the, the complications in terms of navigating uh, our lives and the way they intersect with one another in the present day. Um, so thanks for helping me do that, Kerry. And although many of our, I think, church family will know some of what you do, can you tell us a bit about the kind of work that you do um, in your day-to-day life? So I, my official title is uh, Head of Communications and Marketing, um, but I have a, a degree with um, communications degree and major in public relations. And so a key component of what I also do is uh, look after media management and PR side of things uh, for the Silver Ferns, for Netball New Zealand, for a lot of the teams. And so I have um, also um, volunteered over the years when Parachute uh, was around. I was the media manager for and ran that media centre there. So worked with um, musicians as well, which was fun. And so, yeah, so it's about... Um, managing crises and risks, but also promoting um, positive messages of hope and about making other people famous, which I really enjoy. <laughs> um, in terms of your work with with netball and in sport, how long have you been doing that kind of work? I've been at netball for 25 years wow, now. Wow, <laughs> that's a quarter of a century. It is. It's, it's more than half my life. So <laughs> it's, it's a pretty crazy thing. And um it's grown and developed uh, as I've been there mm. and obviously massive changes. When I first turned up at Netball, um, they didn't have email and um, I suggested that there'd be this radical thing of maybe we could get email and they said, <laughs> um, well, as long as it doesn't cost any money you can, and you can sort that out, then you can do that. So I went to a, a, a partner, Fisher & Paykel, who are sponsors and they had they had internet and they had emails. And so our first Netball New Zealand um, email address was um, netball at fpnet.co.nz. And that came to me and that was the, that was the beginning of technology coming into netball. That's, um, that's awesome. my wife Hannah is who you know um, works at the hospital, and I think they're still using fax machines in there to um, communicate <laughs> between departments. So, you know, yeah. yeah uh, we, we but yes, so, so there's a lot that's changed in that 25 years, right? And I'm and I and I'm thinking about one of the big things that would have changed is is the kind of challenges that you're seeing young people coming through your kind of system and athletes and so on. Uh, new challenges they're having to face, especially in how they kind of navigate their lives and the way they impact on others. Uh, we're seeing, obviously, social media uh, in the last decade or so really give new sets of challenges to people. What are you kind of seeing? What, what, have, you, what have you seen in terms of the, ch- the challenges now that, that people are having to navigate um, in, in their lives in that way? 
I think what we say to the to our athletes is that um, there's some really good opportunities with social media and your and in creating your own personal brands, and they actually have the ability via these channels to promote their messages and the, and connect with their partners and sponsors and those types of things. So there's good opportunity there. However, there's a massive risk with with that um, with those channels because you open yourself up to the world and. And often, I think it's often a Kiwi way is we don't think that we're that famous. Mm. And a lot when these young athletes are coming through, they just think that they are just this everyday person. And when they haven't gotten into that next level, and so the amount of analysis and critiquing that the public and people can do via the um, visibility through their social channels is is massively increased. And I think if you compared to the athletes I worked with um, when I first started, whatever they did was off the record. Mm. Um, whatever happens now, you're on the record all the time. And 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 I also, because I work in the media circles, it's educating our athletes and our, our people that whatever you post is is public news. Mm. So there is no, there is no private, and you don't get to just be a human you get for some reason sports um athletes become role models mm. and uh and that, that carries quite a big burden when actually all they want to be is play, they want to play their game and play their sport and have fun with their friends yeah yeah um and in a sense i guess that's something that we're um although the the challenges there with like elite athletes uh, uh a different in degree, there is a sense in which we all experience, we, we all are now wrestling with the fact that so much of our lives, if we do engage in like social media, for example, is, mm. is more public than it used to be. Like, I'm so grateful that I didn't, when I read my Facebook memories, right, you know, the little memories that pop up that remind me mm. of what I posted on this day. Um, I'm so grateful I didn't have it when I was 20. Um, because I would be reminded daily of you know what a what an idiot I was when I was twenty, um, <laughs> and I'm so glad that I, you know my life wasn't public at, at that time. And yet I'm seeing you know, and obviously young people coming through, uh, don't are having to are having to kind of wrestle with that. And then I think we're seeing the way that's complicating um, our social dynamics more broadly as a community, especially at the moment. Um, what are some of the ways that you you might help? people avoid the kind of whirlpools and of conflict and controversy that, that come along? I think I think you need to understand if you want to have a conversation, if you're wanting to start a conversation and, and be aware if, if you're going to put messaging out that could be slightly controversial, that you're ready to actually um, take that feedback. With athletes, for example, um, I encourage them to not read um media stories mm -hmm. don't so don't um if you're going to post something sometimes actually dis disable the comments so that you don't have to say or oh, you had a you know with um athletes it's almost like people have an opinion of they had a good game a bad game you know and and feel free to uh, um you know comment on that and sometimes if, if they're reading it that can be really uh, hard and, mm. and negative mm. um I, often you know we get a lot of critiquing at um, on our on our channels um, for the reasons of why people have lost and you know mm. people get very fired up you know often we've been told we should fire people and all sorts of exciting mm. things yes um, but I think part of it is just understanding um, what you're posting why you're posting and 
and thinking really carefully around the messaging of, of what you're putting out there because so much can be read into a post versus having a conversation with someone in one-to-one mm. and and so your languaging and 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 everything needs to be quite particular and thought thought through because people will always view content through their own filters and their mm. own eyes so yeah so I, I think I had a friend once she did um, a, a thesis I think on email um, language and etiquette and it's one of those things I'm sure everyone's had it before when you read an email and you're feeling you're tired you've had a bad you just had something bad with the kids you've had a fight you're hungry you read this email and you're fired up and you want to reply because you just can't believe you're outraged somebody has said this to you yeah and I always just go hold pause don't react don't reply mm. if you can wait you know if you can wait sleep on it over the night wake up in the morning you're refreshed you've had something to eat you look at it and you're like oh that's not what they were saying mm. and so I think you know like understanding that f- that filters that people will will read and react to things um I think that's really important yeah tone in written text is sometimes much harder to pick up on or can be much more easily yeah. misunderstood Versus like kanohi, kite kanohi, like you know, you know, face to face, sitting down with one yes. another, and actually, you know, in a sense, this is. Although we've had to experience so much online community over the last eighteen months, two years nearly, uh, it's a good reminder why real embodied community is so important for us. I think because actually, when we are physically in the room with one another, we actually, I think, we treat each other with more empathy. We pick up on our cues and our tone much more easily, and we're actually able to to connect differently absolutely and I think one of the other things is what we have learned to do is um for example we would have so if we've got a, a post and we've we've posted the score and we've lost this you know so, so the team's lost and blah 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 um you can leave it leave that up there as a post that is just gives people free license to comment mm-hmm. Or you can actually, what we've often done is, is put a video out, say, say if it was a coach, and put the coach there, and, and they can explain why they lost. And it's interesting because people have a lot more empathy when they hear from the person mm. versus a still right. image. So I think that's an interesting way of like explaining to people. And I think probably it's why podcasts and these types of things are actually becoming more uh, connected for people mm. because it's not just some still image. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a static fixed thing that you can turn into something else almost or react to it like it's not a real person. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Whereas if you've got somebody that's actually explaining their their feelings and their thoughts, I think people view it in a different way. Mm. Um, you've worked a lot, obviously, with, um, I think, teams, right, uh, over the mm-hmm. over years, whether that's actually the sports teams themselves or teams of musicians perhaps band mm. a band is kind of like a team um it totally is uh, yeah. as well as kind of teams within workspaces what have you observed i guess about how different maybe leaders or coaches or whoever it might be have helped teams of people because a lot of a lot of our challenge in relationship is actually navigating the difference among one another as we work together as well right um, and whatever space that is what what kind of differences have you seen in the way that people have helped their teams to navigate those those challenges with one another I think I think one of the greatest sort of leader leadership styles that I've seen in the team is one of empowerment um Mm -hmm. uh, might sound a bit cheesy but 
um, there's a certain coach that that um, I've I've worked with the most amazing coaches and and they're really interesting to be around. And there's one that stands out to me who is who believes in everybody to do their job really well and makes you feel more special when she's when that person's in the room. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm amazing at my job when I've got that person in, in the room. And mm. and if you can be around people with leaders that actually say, here's your job, this is what I want you to do, you're awesome, and you feel better when you're in their presence. I mean, that's what great leadership and team does. Mm. And it gives this freedom to actually go, I don't have to be anybody else. I just, I'm just have to be me. And that's going to be exactly the right thing. Mm. And do you being think... me is, is perfect. Yeah. Do you think that helps actually, because that's quite a, that's something that, that helps like me personally in, in the way that I, does that then flow into the way that I relate to the other people in the team as well? Yeah. It does. Yeah. It, it really does. Because what it does is it, it gives people accountability, but it also en- enables freedom and and then the respect, because you feel respected, then you treat other people with respect. Mm. And it's like this flow on effect of like where everybody has each other's back and everybody is going in the same direction and everybody wants to be the best for everybody else. Mm. And that when you're in a team environment and you have that feeling, it's just outstanding. It's mm. such a positive. I just absolutely love when I do go away on tour with these experiences because it's just so positive. And and even when negative things happen, the or, or could come at you, um, that that unified feeling is just that we'll we'll make it. We'll mm. be there because we've got each other. Mm. And and. And all you have to do is just be 100% who you are. Because mm. if you do that, then we're, this is why we are a team. You know, that's why you select those people because that's how you're connected. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would imagine that the converse is kind of true. And um, in that when you get dysfunctional leaders in, or dysfunctional um, teams, communities, groups, families, um, it's kind of the opposite of that, right? It's, you know, that when that kind of distrust of self or the kind of the, the negativity is, is highlighted or focused on all the time, uh, that you kind of so, um, blame and paranoia and, and distrust doubt. and all that kind of, yeah, all that kind of stuff within, yeah. within our network of And it's looking for the, when, when it is like that, it's sort of, you're looking for the shadows mm. rather yeah. than, and, and it's like the suspicion or, the doubt or the mistrust, yeah, they're the complete opposite mm. feelings, and and your world gets smaller and more, and just shrinks. Mm. <laughs> Whereas the opposite happens is your world gets bigger and you can see more mm. and you feel a lot more freer. Mm. Um, okay, last question for you. As a as a person of faith, then uh, you know you're not your role is not. Um, uh, one in which you're sort of, you know, you're not a uh, evangelism, say, for example, is not like your primary uh, job description. Um, I it's, it's not like a public, it's not a faith-shaped role sort of explicitly. Mm-hmm. But how do you see your faith influencing the way you go about actually doing what you do and especially helping people navigate through kind of tension and conflict and difference and stuff like that? What, what influence does your faith have on that? I think the idea of... Um spirituality is a actually quite a good conversation mm-hmm. like um people aren't 
what I find is in my workplace, people aren't consumed with that. Mm. They're actually quite intrigued. Um, and because we've also got, I think, is, I think very strong Māori and Pacifica mm. um, grouping in, in our netball spaces, they're really open to those spiritual conversations. Mm. And I feel like um, that that what my faith brings is something of kindness. Mm. And I do feel that there's a responsibility that if I'm if I'm not a uh, good representative, you know that you know they they view that in that way in mm. that space. But I think I think I just have to show that I'm completely human, and that um, but that I do have a spiritual connection with me. And sometimes there's a lot of jokes that probably go that um can I you know, put a good word in with the man upstairs or I go, man, you know, woman, whoever, but like, you know, can you do a shout out for us? Yeah. And there's been, there's been times where um, I have been able to pray for people, mm. pray for, um, yeah, like for some big things and people when they're sad or they've got hard things going on, I think if, if they, they appreciate those mm options as well and um i think it's like how to find the little bit of god magic that you can bring into someone's life that you can listen to that is just the little things mm. it's what it's whether you write a card and you you give it to your boss because actually they need to hear some words or you write a poem and you know these these t- moments and times where i think that's where it can come alive. My faith can mm. be a little bit more, you know, alive, mm. but, but it's also how I treat my people and my yeah. team. And so I feel that there's a really strong, um, maybe pastoral side of things that I, I care about. Like mm. I look at, I care about them like the bit of my family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think with, even with our, our athletes, you know, I'll do anything to care for them, to mm. look after them. And it's not about being either being friends, but it's about a mutual respect of, of looking up after them. But I mm. do believe in people. Yeah. And and the people are the best. They're the most amazing. And yes, complicated, but you know, that is that's the only way that life can work in my world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well we we can't avoid being complicated. Uh, we all, we all just are right, um, yeah. but I, but I, the idea that our faith can be this kind of grounds or source of of kindness and care and and compassion and kind yeah. of empathy for people as real human beings, I think that's so important and I think really needed in the world, um, especially in our current moment. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is it's not that we've got all the answers or anything like that, but it, that we can show that we have got an inner peace somewhere that comes from something that must be intriguing mm. in a little mm. way for people to go that's good mm. that's good awesome but I just I think I think what I'm really grateful for is I've been around some most amazing female leaders and and I'm so blessed with that mm. um through my job but also been around some incredible um I think the way Edge has been over the years has crafted a real um just something really beautiful that's that's in in our lives that is real and authentic and I think often my words the the words that we'd be using in our netball sense and the words we use at edge have often aligned Mm. and we talk about authenticity 
and the and the ferns and being real and just being who you're meant to be. And, and then there'll be this similar conversation at Edge. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's been a really lovely, I always think that God is quite funny how these two worlds can intersect and I can learn and, from both. And then I realize that they're not segregated mm-hmm. and that's a really good thing. Because in, in, in the old days, you know, there was this way or this way. Mm-hmm. But this has been a lovely way of merging the worlds and seeing how God is speaking in both at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. That they're they're actually the same world. Yeah, yeah. there mm. is no, mm. mm-hmm. and that us and them, which mm. probably I grew up in in that space for a, yes. in my younger years. Yes, I resonate. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, Kerry. Hey, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience in this conversation. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's an honour to be asked. Thank you. Awesome. So that was uh, Kerry Manders and me talking about uh, how to work it out. And um, I'm sure you all have found a lot of richness in that conversation to enjoy and to help you this week. So um, we'll see you sometime. You'll hear from me another time. Peace. <laughs>